Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about The Deuce Season 3, Episode 2. It is called Morta de Fame. So, full spoilers for the episode as always. And first of all, apologies that this episode is fairly late. Uh, Connor was sick this week um, and delayed some stuff. So, this is uh, just us getting to it now. So, obviously, episode 3 will be back to kind of the similar late Tuesday, early Wednesday time that we typically get these up. But uh, we're here to talk about episode 2. And we have a bunch of things happening. Uh, I think we'll start we'll start in LA. We'll start with Laurie, I think. Um, Why not? We'll go with the sunny side of things since it feels kind of warm today. Um, we have Laurie uh, sort of being pressured into more jobs by her boyfriend slash, well, not manager. Manager's the, the woman, but, you know, the boyfriend who's clearly making yeah, money off of her. but feels like an agent, even though he's not an agent. Yeah. Pimper Jace is what I'm going to refer to him as. Pimper Jace, there you go. Uh, she is on a set. She's got, there's this notable director she's working with, and she's doing some sort of weird hillbilly cousin movie and the guy goes to stick a piece of corn uh up her ass is is the gist of it none of it no she gets very upset and she demands to know a who the weird guy is who's watching turns out that's the guy that owns the house they're shooting they're shooting that and that means he gets to watch apparently those are the rules Um, seems fair enough and she's not very happy she calls her agent and her agent says look your career's not in actually that great a place this is a really notable director, you just have to say yes and play ball. You have to do this. You don't have the power you think you do, kind of thing. And, you know, she's not very happy about it, and then later on, when she's with the agent, she explains, hey, are you putting money by? Are you saving things? Because this is not going to last forever, and you're getting a reputation for being awkward. Uh, yeah. So you, you kind of need to start, like, banking what you've got, and, you know, sort of you know, putting things away. And she agrees to do whatever this company asks her to do. It's this, this notable company that's hired her for this job. And she's notably never received a check for her payment before because when she's done with the job, she's handed a check, says, oh, you can cash that tomorrow. And she's like, but I sucked a dick today. (laughs) She she is very used to cash in hand, isn't she? Yeah, which maybe maybe also ties into her wanting more cocaine or something like that. She wants to just go and buy some. She can't buy some of the check. Uh, It could be, but it genuinely felt like she was perplexed by the concept of having to wait yeah so but the police show up the neighbor phoned the police so she she doesn't want to be you know taken in by the cops presumably because she's got cocaine or whatever else on her and does a runner out the back uh and trips yeah. it's, it's kind of a comical sequence but it's, it's kind of shown just how ludicrous her life is right now um where because at one point with her agent she says that hey like can you get me some maybe some non-adult jobs get me some proper film jobs and she's like, I'm not that type of agent. I don't have those contacts. I, I, I ain't got those connections. Yeah. So, we're in Hollywood. It's like, yeah, not quite. Yeah, we're on the other side of the hill, I think was the way she put it. Uh, yeah. So now, like, her stuff is, is going along. Obviously, it feels a little bit self-destructive, but it's also fairly comical in the, the various scenes. It's hard not to laugh at someone trying to get a car in the, uh, you know, he's in this outfit, he's got the hat on and the dungarees. He's yeah. like, I'm going to show you how we do it in Iowa, you know. It's hard not to laugh a little bit. That was bit a at terrible that. accent. I know it was terrible, but but that was even by your standards, that was particularly bad. Irrelevant. Move on. What's your thoughts? Sorry, uh, what were you saying? I got distracted by the accent. Uh, you 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 were saying it was comical. Yeah, I mean it is. Uh, yeah. It's it's sad and tragic, but it's kind of funny. It's it's a ridiculous type of tragic. 
It is, yeah. Yeah, and you know, likewise, you know, we're dealing with with uh, with um, Eileen. I was just trying to say between Eileen and Irene because they've given me this problem. Uh, but Eileen uh has the problem where she's 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 working on this new movie. She's she's interviewing Melissa, and she's going to maybe make a movie based on their experiences. Uh, you know, the yeah, kind of based on the various experiences of the girls around in New York. And, you know, she kind of opens up about her first kind of experience being a prostitute, the first time she was paid for something. They both do. You know, we hear Melissa was essentially paid by another, like, kid uh, when she was, like, 14 or something like that. Um, And, you know, Eileen, we find out, was was paid for a massage, but it turned into something else. And she talks about how how big and disgusting and unwashed the guy was. And it's all all very nasty. But she's very aware that when she took the the job, there was a... This was this was what the job was, and then oh, it's a massage. Kind of was like, yeah. Or oh, maybe it's not that bad. And then when it came that, it, it, not that she, you know, you know, she was she was kind of she'd gone in kind of expecting that in 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 that way. So it wasn't like a complete shock. No, um, I think it's one of those things that it's a shock anyway. Even if she thinks she knows what she's expecting, the first time it happens, I don't, I don't think. Oh, probably, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so she's she's telling she's telling uh, Harvey this, and. He has to point out again that he's not going to fund this. He's done doing the artsy movies. He can't do this. And she gets pissed at him because she just wanted to bounce ideas off of him. She wasn't here for money. Um, and then he gets especially pissed at him when he's like, hey, I need you to fill in for an all-director tonight. Uh, but you still need money, right? You can still do the job. Uh, and yeah. she calls him a sellout. She storms out. She's not happy. Uh, and we see she's not happy on set as well because they're, they're filming this scene and she just looks bored because it's just as basic sex. Because because earlier on when she's asking what the scene is, it's like okay, so there's this like couple having sex on the bed in a hotel, and the French maid's watching. And she's like, "Let me guess, the French maid joins in. What a twist! <laughs> what a twist!" And he's just like, "What do you know? Guess it sells." Yes. Uh, but she tries to direct them to be more active and energetic. Because even the the performers look kind of bored, and she just gets them to she's like hey french maid do something french and she just starts doing this bad french accent like we oui, oh monsieur blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. um and they all start giggling but they are having a bit more fun i mean the guy's a little bit he's like what am i meant to do now he's like do you just lie there and just let them lie riff. there and enjoy it <laughs> yeah you let them riff because they're, they're, they're getting creative and she's just yeah. kind of giggling and it's it's just you know the the the, the wall she's hitting now because you know season two you know candy or eileen was very much like hitting this this artistic like uh, blossoming of herself right and then she's been making movies in these these last five years but now we're at the point where harvey can't fund it anymore and she, she's hitting this new thing and then speaking of new things she, she, she's on a date with with cory stoll who uh, they're getting to know each other and he's like, oh, yeah, i'm a f- in finance it's boring don't ask me about it um and she admits what she does and admits she, she starts like easing it in so oh, yeah filmmaker and, yeah. and it just you know it gets worse and worse and worse yeah yeah she keeps going deeper and deeper with it but the funny thing is she doesn't necessarily have to go as deep as she did on this first date like okay because because right now as far as as far as we're aware at least all she does is direct it she's behind the camera now uh it doesn't seem like she's actually on camera anymore uh, i'm pretty sure that's all she does yeah yeah um but she says no i used to be in them and then eventually obviously admits that she used to be a prostitute and you're reading his reactions in this scene and you're kind of waiting for him to... It's kind of what she's doing. She's waiting for him to react and get scared and run off. And like, What the hell is this all about? Which would be a reasonable reaction. Not not like, you know, the... the okay, this is what the, the information is. But as to, 
Why are you telling me all of this right now? Hmm. Uh, but he, you know, he stays very calm. He stays kind of interested and wants to know more. And uh, this is new for her. Um, I mean, she's just a part of it. She's just to the guy being interested when they find out what she does because then they're excited about doing that once, but then it not being a relationship, just running off after, oh, I, you know, I had sex with a porn star, and then they can run yeah. off kind of thing. Um, but he is, you know, he tries to assure that that's not the case here, that he he's interested and wants to know her. And then it's kind of backed up by a scene after this where he takes her to a dinner uh, date with like a group of his friends there's, there's a bunch of people from his world so they're all kind of like upper middle class kind of wealthy and they're talking about something in the news or whatever and the subject comes to her and she kind of sugarcoats it and then he jumps in and says no no she's she's being you know uh like kind of formal Modest here stuff, but, but she's yeah. she's actually a she does an artful porn film she has uh, what was the phrase she used Fem, fem erotica fem erotica that was it yeah. and you know, and it becomes this thing where, because I was worried, I was actually starting to feel kind of tense in this scene. I was like, oh, is, is this going to get really embarrassing or really awkward because the way they react? Are they going to say something? Are they going to make fun of her? Are they going to act weirded out? And they don't. And they just start asking questions. And again, it's kind of what she's going through in the scene is that she's, this is exactly what she's probably worried about. And instead, they're just genuinely interested. Like, oh, I need to ask questions. I need to know things. Do you know what this reminds me of? Yeah. So, you know, so I watched recently, uh, Mindhunter. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, the start. You know, the start of the second season, where you know, it's he's, he's like, well, I, this is what I do, and it's kind of this taboo subject, and everyone's like, oh, interesting. Sure, sure, yeah, Tell I can more. see it. Yeah, um, but it's kind of this thing where these people are accepting her, and maybe she's oddly entering a new social circle, um, yeah, in a way that she maybe hadn't expected to be able to. And Corey Stoll's kind of been this this conduit yeah. for that. So. Um, is this as healthy as it seems right now? Hopefully it is. Hopefully she gets uh, something. No, knowing the show, probably not. But I mean, I don't know. I could see her have a happy ending. I could see. I, I think Vincent and Frankie might be screwed, but Eileen, yeah. I can see having a happy ending. No, I can. I'm not sure it's here though. I, I don't know what it is, but I'm not sure it's this. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Uh, it could, uh, could could go dark. Yeah, I will say, uh, you know, talking about these two scenes back to back, did remind me of probably my biggest problem with this episode mm -hmm. uh, is the the passage of time. Um, uh, you know, I infer from context that quite a bit of time seems to pass over the course of this one episode. Uh, you know, days, weeks, I don't know. It, it feels like a reasonable amount of time over this episode. But I didn't actually feel that. I didn't feel any time passing. It was only when we jumped to an event that was clearly significantly later than a previous one that I went, oh, I guess time's passed. I, I, didn't actually... a, I got it was like a week or so, cause, uh, mainly because of the Shea stuff with the hospital. Yeah, maybe. That kind of framed it for me as to, like, you know, it's like about a week and a half or something like that. Um, yeah, I guess I guess this is a, a downside to it being a very fragmented cast, is that, okay, by the time we check in with them again, it's been like a whole week, and it doesn't, uh, you know, I feel like, oh, where did that week go? Uh, I just I felt it in this episode more than I ever have on this show before. So we catch up with Bobby, who's still wearing his stupid wig, and we see his son again, who I even recognize at first. He, he, you know, like I was like, he looks familiar, but I couldn't quite place who he was. It wasn't until the scene at the church where I was like, oh, it's Bobby's son. That's right. <laughs> That's who <laughs> yeah, that is. Because he has a scene in the club where his friend gets kicked out um, because they're, he gets angry, starts to pick a fight because someone's taking their cocaine, and uh, Big Mike ends up throwing him out. And yeah. He calls the police, which leads to a whole scene where the police show up and empty the place out. And we also see that, you know, the cops who are being paid off don't necessarily have the power anymore to stop this. 
so yeah, it's be, above that pay grade. So things are changing, you know, that goes that feeds out the Goldman plot and the, the Alston plot. But yeah. Um yeah, so at, at this uh what's what is this exactly? This church event. I wasn't a hundred percent sure. It could have been like a confirmation, maybe. You went to Catholic school. You're supposed to know. I know, this. but it was very vague as to what actually was going on. Yeah. Look, I, uh, clearly, my Catholic was very different to, to this. The, the, you know, the, the very different branches did, of Catholicism. Did you not get slapped in the face? That's, that upsets me. No, not not once. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn no, it. Sorry. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, Joey brings up to his dad. Hey, I was thinking I've got this like this uh, party with some of the guys coming, and I figured we could hire some of the girls. You know, it was sort of a little group trip. Um, and so okay, we'll talk. And we, you know, later on we see them setting up, and it's like okay, communication by beepers. Uh, Black Frank is coming with you to be sort of the the liaison and bodyguard kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, he gets his authority questioned a little bit. Yes. Um, you know, as to what exactly he does, and. Like, she's kind of got a point, but it's also true you do need someone in charge who typically doesn't do a lot of the other work. <laughs> That's just a typical... Yeah, he's like, oh, look, I'm not here to explain what management does. I'm yes. just here to do it. Uh, I mean, there's a point, I suppose. There's, there's, there's a point on both sides here, but the, the complaints brought here are, are equally valid to most uh, yeah. management roles, I suppose, and, and typical are, services. Yeah. So, but But we tend to agree that we generally speaking need management to yeah, some degree. We need someone in charge making choices and doing some things that everyone else can't yeah. be allowed to do. So yeah. uh, it's ultimately, but yeah, so it's just funny though that they're questioning him. They seem as a bit of a, a schlub, a bit of an idiot. Uh, yeah. But uh, so we see this party happening and Joey collects money from everyone and gives it to Black Frankie and says, hey, so that's 300 ahead. We made, you know, you know, it's like how many guys in there we made this much. And hey, this could be a thing. We could probably charge more because these these guys can afford it. And maybe you could cut me in a little bit, and it could be this new service we provide. This almost like a escort catering service, if if you want to call it that. Sorry, call girls essentially. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's more of a a package deal. It is a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that seems to be something that's going to happen soon. Uh, Yeah. And he's getting into to, to Wall Street as well. He's doing that sort of thing. He's like, you know, providing some tips. Yes. Yes, he's yeah. trying to offer his dad, hey, do you want to invest some of your money? And he, he's, Bobby's not having and any of like, it. And he's like, I don't, don't really do gambling. It's like, hey, when I tell you, it's not gambling. Some uh, inside trading going on by the sounds of it. Yeah. And Bobby does have an scene in the doctors where he goes and gets uh, his results. And the doctor kind of drags it out a little bit until Bobby grabs the file and like demands to know like what does it say? Like, Wait, none of this means anything to me. <laughs> yes, and he's like, no, you, you, there's, there's no evidence to suggest that you have the disease, you have AIDS. Uh, and he's like, ah, oh, you should leave me that, Doc. I actually have a very similar experience to this, bizarrely, uh, where I got really upset at my optometrist because he spent a minute explaining that the photographs at the back of my eye could show the starting signs of a, a brain tumor, and. I'm like, why is he telling me? In my head, I'm like, why is he telling me this? Why, why, why are you explaining all this to me? And he's like, but this is completely normal. You're fine. I'm like, start with that. <laughs> start with yours is fine. You're you're fine, and then tell this me is, the point this of is the how test. They get the kicks. And also, it's to make sure you pay attention because uh-huh. you, you you'll be damn sure you'll be paying attention to what he's saying if you're thinking that you might have a some sort of brain tumor. Whereas. If he's just rattling on after he's told mm. you you're fine, yeah, you're not gonna listen. He's 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 educating you. He's doing you a favor. I'm just saying that 
there's there's a way to do this and that was not it uh but uh so bobby's all happy that he's uh he's not got it <laughs> so, to be fair reasonable reaction reasonable <laughs> reaction though most people are happy when they find out they don't have a, a life-threatening disease that is that is very yeah. true uh, so we mentioned Shay earlier. Shay uh, is very ill, has ver- various yeah, problems. She's in a bad place and wants some ginger ale. Wants some ginger ale. They take her to the hospital, and Abby kind of sets her up. She's got a friend there who kind of like you know we'll we'll get around the medical expenses. We'll take care of it, um, and we'll give her a room and so on. And of course, the, the the sort of bittersweet end of the episode is that despite the fact that they've given her all this help, they've given her a treatment. Um, and they're looking out for you know her and um, Loretta to like sort of have some debates. Uh, you know we find out Abby started the whole women against porn thing, but has kind of abandoned it recently because, or not abandoned oh. it completely, but abandoned the way that they're going about things now because it's become more about censorship. Um, they got a little bit militant for her yeah. liking by the sounds of it. And she's like, no, like we have to apply the same rules to this as everything else, so they mean nothing. Um, yeah. And you know so. Uh, so Abby's you know strengthening her beliefs uh, so it gives us that but when she comes back at the end with some flowers uh, Shay has disappeared and it's like you know where is she it kind of goes back to last season remember she had that whole thing which was with Irene and you know obviously Irene like maybe have been coming on too strong but it was this idea that she then went back to the street she went back to the pimp Um, so you know I mean to be fair we don't know exactly what's happened here we don't we know she could have died at this point oh that's true if they tell me that I I'm willing to believe it. You know, you know, it, it it wouldn't be a surprise. Yeah, she may, maybe she did die, but given her past, I just assume she'd you know relapsed again. again. No, again, yeah. I think either plays as a as a kind of open ending here, as it could have gone either way. Yeah, and then you you have uh, some other little tidbits here or there. You know, obviously we've not got to Frankie yet, but uh, and Vincent, but. Uh, I'll just mention briefly, there's a couple of scenes with Alston and Goldman. Alston's on a date at one point with one of the cops. He's kind of getting to know. Uh, Goldman's still going to see the clubs. And, uh, uh, oh, notably, he was using a condom, which I think, uh, smart move uh, at this particular juncture for him. Um, But they're they're talking about going after the money, uh, going after the the owners of the buildings, uh, which is something they typically don't do in the past. But they're they're making a point of doing it here uh, because they think it will enact real change. Um, So... Yeah, to go to that path. So there's just a couple of plot points to mention um, on that front. Yeah, no, nothing major in this episode, but just ticking along. Just ticking along. Uh, so the other main stuff, of course, is Frankie and Vincent. Frankie even more so than Vincent, to be honest, because Frankie, mm-hmm. uh, he has this couple come to see him at the start uh, who want to give them their their home movies as porn. It was like, hey, we recorded this. And they show him this kind of funny scene where the, the mailman came delivering a, delivering a package whilst they're in the middle of making this video. So they answered the door well without disconnecting shall i say <laughs> without putting any clothes back on and just sort of have it happen on camera uh, and you even hear them say on camera like oh uh we should get us on camera it'll be funny or whatever like they're, yeah. like they're aware of what they're doing and yeah frankie like sees money like he's like light up in his eyes and he goes to see a guy who's not impressed with him you know it's another sort of uh you know businessman slash criminal dude yes not not rudy though not rudy is yeah is important uh, who's not impressed with him because he uh you know he's he's not wearing a suit he's he's got he's got like a plastic bag with his tapes in it <laughs> he's you know yeah he hasn't come with any equipment to show him yeah so he's like i'm not very impressed but i'll have a look and see if i'm interested but rudy's very pissed and you know vincent tells him he's pissed there's actually a really impressive shot here where uh, vincent and vincent uh, gets kissed by frankie and just on a visual mm-hmm. effects perspective, I was like, oh, how did they do that? No, no, it was because during the scene, it, it did the the standard thing where, you know, it doesn't cuts to back ahead while you do the other one. Mm. 
and and then it cut to them side by side. I went, oh, okay, we don't see this that often on this show. You know, they've done it a few times. Yeah, but that's um, not that weird an effect, though. That's a pretty simple split screen. No, no it effect. is, but even then, they still tend to not bother that much on this show because it's just more effort than it needs to be. Uh, also, the, go, go, the, the, the going back and forth where you see the back of their heads is a short reverse shot just for the, just for the, the terminology. I yes, I know. It just doesn't really matter. I was being specific here to to show it was hiding their faces. Nah, you were using you were using uh, layman's terminology. I fixed it for you. You're welcome. Using layman's terminology is fine for the audience. But either way, my point was, you know, even the the side by side shot, they don't, you know, even though it's relatively easy, they still don't do it that often on this show. Mm. They tend to avoid it as much as they can. So I noticed it when they did it, and then they went for the actual interaction, which was, you know, significantly more impressive. Yeah. Uh, and then, but then, then physical contact happened, which was the impressive part, because that's not yeah. normal. You know, whether or not anything else is normal in this show, that is not a normal thing you do when two actors are playing the same thing. Uh, yeah. And it looked good. It's just, so. it's just way more effort than, than just anything else you can do. But yeah, he tells him Rudy's pissed, and you know, Frankie gets kind of, he's like, ah, F Rudy. And I'm like, ah, that's not going to end well for you. And sure enough, Rudy... Yeah. Rudy comes by the parlor and he's there to show him something important, actually. He's there to show him that uh, some of these amateur reels are actually sneaking in some underage material in the booths. And the idea is, is that people who know what to look for it know where it is. They can like find it, you know, in, you know, a few minutes into the, the film or whatever it is. Yeah. And Frankie obviously is disgusted, he doesn't want to see it, but Rudy's like, no, hey, you did this on your own and you, you, you know, you, you be negligent is what's caused this. And you're supposed to be working for me, and you went to someone else with your amateur shit, and you know you're supposed well, to cut me in. This is what he does. And you know, Frankie's like, "Hey, you could have cut me in when I showed that I, I could earn you money, but you didn't." So you, and he gets kind of mouthy with them. So he says, "F you," and he, he gets he says, "Get out of my parlor," and he hits sees the coins out of his hand. And um, the look in Rudy's face here, really, you know, the acting was quite good. The look in Rudy's face really told me a lot about how he was feeling it, in this particular moment. It, it was it was shock rather than anger, though. Which I thought was interesting. Well, I think there was a bit more than just shock. I think it was shock and a like. I think there was like a. I, I you know he. It was shock and a, I am superior to him and he's doing this. I think mm. it's, it's shock that's going to lead to anger. Well, well, it almost certainly will. But in that moment, he was he wasn't immediately angry. There wasn't that instantaneous rage uh, of a reaction that you know could have happened. It was more of a. I'm, I'm going to disagree that someone no, is talking to him. That I'm way. going to disagree slightly and say that it's, it's slightly there behind the eyes. Like you know, it is mainly shock, but it's shock with another layer behind it because as he's looking at him, it's kind of like hmm. you know that 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 person who's insulted and is just so shocked they're insulted, but you can see behind their eyes they're kind of seething about it. Like they're just not processing yeah. how they're feeling yet. Yeah, that's so, why I said surprise more than anger, not not instead of. But it is there though. But that's why I'm saying it because you can see it in his eyes. I I, I could feel his anger in the moment. Mm. Um, it, it, you know, it, it was when he, he said what he did, and obviously when he steps out at the end and looks down, you know, f you know, from the cubicle when he steps out, he's still pissed. But um, it feels like you know, I think season one and two we were we kept talking about how Frankie might end up getting himself into some some bother with Rudy, and it kept kind of like circumventing it and just like Frank, you know, Vincent would kind of smooth it over or whatever. Not if, this time. This really. is the final season, though. So if it's going to happen, if if Frankie's going to meet his grisly end and piss Rudy off enough for it to happen from his end, then uh, it's the time. And here's the thing: I don't know if it will end that badly for Frankie. Weirdly, because things just seem to work out for him they somehow. Do. And e even though 
that would be the way to end it, right? Well, this time it didn't. I still kind of have an expectation that it will work out for him somehow. Yeah, yeah. As the same with Rudy and Tommy as well. Uh, you know, actually, it starts with Rudy and our, our boss, where he's he's talking about how how fancy, te- how quickly technology is moving now, and how oh they've got VHS tapes now, soon it'll be a hologram. <laughs> and <laughs> you know that's funny because of the time period, but. Um, you know, Tommy comes in and he's like, he basically is muttering things under his breath about these other like individuals who come in who are part of the sort of the newer drug trade in the city. Yeah. And he kind of looks down on them and kind of, you know, thinks them of a scum. And Tommy's like, hey, that's where the money is. And we know Tommy's been doing some of this on the side with, with uh, Frankie. And he's like, no, no, that, that shit will take you down quick as anything. Um, and I, I do, I do wonder where this story's going to end up. I feel like Tommy might have a, have a better end. If, if Rudy finds out what little, he's been doing. A little bit of betrayal going yeah. on, yeah. Um, but you knew it was evil, Tommy, because of the moustache. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Tommy's betrayed him because he's got a moustache now. Uh, so, yeah, you have that going. And then, obviously, in Vincent's side, Vincent doesn't have as much. He does go to Paul at one point to collect his money, and Paul's a little bit short. And again, it shows how good friends they are. They're very pleasant with each other. Um, but when he goes to Rudy, Rudy's like, hey, everything's down across the board. I'm going to have to ask you to work extra hard, more promotions, make more revenue in every, every place. Yeah, and, and he's not saying you're down. It's, you know, you're doing fine. It's just everywhere else is kind of slacking. So we need you to pick up some of the, some of that headroom somewhere else. It wasn't quite slacking, though. It was more that there was reasons for it. It wasn't like just people are being... Oh, I meant the, the yeah. money was slacking, not the, 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 the people behind it. Uh, but he says that, hey, just on in terms of Paul's place, like, that's not light because anyone's stealing it. It's light because it's light because of the disease. And Rudy and, actually and is quite receptive to that. He's like, yeah, he's I, very, I you know. He's like, like I, I get the situation. This is not his fault. So, no. So once again, Rudy always comes across as a fairly sensible crime boss. Shockingly reasonable. Yes. So fair play to him, uh, but I mean that that was the episode. Like I guess there was a lot of plots going on. It was jumping around a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot. Um, to the point where it's, it's almost hard to keep track of everything that's going on in, in a single episode. Sometimes, but th- this one especially, feel like it was jumping around quite a bit. Uh, which I is did, not- and listen, this this is the first time I felt the the time passage feeling a bit weird. That's fair. Um, I, I think it's fair to say though that uh, everything in particular was up to its uh, usual standards. Performances across the board were very good. There was a lot of great moments. We met, I mentioned Riddy, of course, with the shock, but um, even even just something as simple as uh, as Eileen like having the, the the shock laughter of not being humiliated and someone seeming interested in what she does. Like, yeah. Even moments like that, where the, the performances were kind of shining through. Uh, yeah, I think all the individual scenes and moments are great and on par with the very consistent quality this show has always had. Uh, I don't know if this one comes together as an episode as much as some of the others have done in the past. Mm. Although that has admittedly never been this show's strongest point. Yeah, if I'll just mention as well, uh, Vincent and his and the ex-wife uh, bonding a little bit at the, the party and yeah, yeah. The, the, the grandfather, or his father rather, pointing out, hey, don't let this one get away again. You two seem to be having a good time and he's uh rather drunk yeah and she's also asking oh where's abby and he's oh yeah she had this thing and we know she's helping someone at the hospital it's it's not like she's (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, but the the way it comes across does feel like oh she just didn't want to be here yeah it does feel that way so no uh all all the plots are uh spinning and uh i'm looking forward to episode three so 
Uh, that is the Deuce episode 2 of season 3. Let us know what you think of the episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all the usual stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the show and everything we do here, head over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv where you can support us for as little as $1 per month and help keep all the content coming. Uh, check out all the other shows review on YouTube or on the uh, Almost Cancelled podcast feed that you might be on or the Almost Cancelled Netflix originals feed, which is where all the Netflix reviews go. Uh, but that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla? <laughs>